Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Zoe Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. We are excited. Today is a special day in our community as we are receiving our Home Is Here offering. If you haven't heard Zoe Church, we bought a building. And so much of today's message is surrounded around the idea of generosity, faith, and an offering to God. We're excited because we've been studying the series 242 out of the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 42. And today, we're going to skip over to Acts chapter 4 for today's text, a message I'm going to preach today called From Time to Time. But again, thank you to everybody that likes and subscribes, comments on our podcast. Thank you to every person that's giving today in today's offering. If you want to give, you can text Zoe to 77 977 and you can give right there but come on let's jump in to this week's message from time to time if you are new to our church we are concluding today a series we've been in called 242 i'm still waiting for the first person at zoe to get the 242 tattoo like passer but um 242 really is a verse that's near and dear to our heart. It's a verse that we've tried to not just study and chew on, meditate on, but above that, it's a verse we're trying to apply. We're trying to live this life. And if you don't know much about the Bible, this verse comes to us right after Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave. The Bible says after three days, he gets up from the grave. He defeats death. He defeats sin. He gets the keys to everlasting life. And the Bible says that he gives the power of the Holy Spirit to the early church to go start the church. So this group that we're reading about are the OGs of the church. They are the the original OG like founders of the church. And when they start the church, the Bible says in Acts 2.42 that they devoted themselves. I like that first word they because I think in life you got to find your they. You gotta find your group. You gotta find your spiritual family. One of my favorite scriptures is it says of God, God puts the lonely in family. When God saw Adam when he was all by himself, the first thing he said when he saw Adam, this is not good that he is alone. You are not meant to do life on your own, you are meant to do life in a group, in a community, even in a in a church. And so they, this group, devoted themselves. I love the word devotion because it kind of has the connotation of discipline. See, I think we live in a generation that wants all the fruitfulness without any of the faithfulness. If you want fruitfulness, you better get some faithfulness on that thing. And when you are faithful, when you're devoted, then you will develop the life that you want to live. They devoted themselves to four things. The apostles' teaching, fellowship, the breaking of bread, not gluten-free, and prayer. Someone's like, thank you, Jesus. They devoted themselves to the scriptures, to fellowship together, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And the result, if you keep reading on, the result is crazy what God starts doing in their life. All of a sudden, they've got great unity. They're meeting everybody's need. Anybody that was in need, their needs were met. It's just this beautiful expression. There was awe. There was miracles. And by the way, I don't think that's just for like the Bible times. I think that could be lived today. See, this is what faith people say. Faith people say, if God did it for them, I know God could do it for me. Faith people say, if God did it all the way back then, I know God could do it here and now. 
Faith people say, if God did it for those guys, why cannot God do it for me? Are there any faith people in the house that believe that we can get some Acts 2.42 up in Los Angeles and wherever you're tuning in from today? So Bible times are not old school days. Bible times is when anybody lives according to the Bible. When you start living out the scriptures, God starts working in that way. Somebody say amen. Just don't say amen like amen. Put some swag on that thing like amen. Say it with your chest. Okay, so amen. Now, I want to skip over chapter 3. And read it on your own. And I want to get into something in Acts chapter 4. This is an incredible portion of Scripture. Acts chapter 4, verse 32, it says, And all the believers were one in heart and mind. Didn't matter whether they were Republican or Democrat. They were of one mind, of one heart. And no one claimed that any of their possessions were their own. Your Tesla is my Tesla. Your Airbnb is my Airbnb. Who am I preaching to today? But they shared everything they had. Sharing is, or in this case, godly. But they shared everything they had with great power. The apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. I'm going to get back to this point, but watch this. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them and brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to anyone who had Need. I want to preach a message in the last installment of this series. I want to preach a message called From Time to Time. From Time to Time because I want to add this, this 242 thing. This is every day. Every day we're studying the apostles' teaching. Every day we're praying. Every day we're breaking bread. Every day. This is the every day. But I want to talk to you about when you get swept up into the lifestyle of Jesus that from time to time God works in unusual ways. From time to time God will ask you to do something extraordinary. This is not the ordinary. This is not the lifestyle. This is not the every week. I come to church. I go to connect group. I'm in culture class. I serve on the ZST. From time Time to time, God will do something on you. God will spice it up. God will mix it up in your life. From time to time, God will mix something up in your life, not just to meet your needs, but to meet the needs of others. You, you ever notice that you, you, you have some things in your life that you don't do that often, but when you do do them or when you do go to them, you get, like, so excited? You, someone's at your door. For sure the ring app, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever, know, you ever notice this? Like every once in a while you do this thing, you're like, oh, why don't we do that more often? Like yesterday it was in L.A., cloudy and rainy. I don't know about you, but coffee tastes better in the rain. Just sip the glory, the nectar of heaven. I said to my wife, babe, cloudy, rainy, we should go out for breakfast. She said, that's an amazing idea. I'll go do a workout class. You take all the kids to the restaurant, wait in the line, get seated, and by the time I'm done, you'll be ready. I said, I'm here to serve. So I grabbed the kiddos. 
I went to the restaurant. We waited the 35 minutes. We got seated. We got the Etch-a-Sketches. No screens. Etch-a-Sketches at the, at the restaurant. And by the time we ordered the food and it was coming, Julia showed up. And, and, and so we're sitting there and we're having breakfast. What I loved about it, all my boys ordered, ordered something different. One boy ordered French toast. The other guy ordered waffles. And one got pancakes. I was like, you guys are a blessing right there. Because you know I can't order all three. But you know I'm about to get some. You know what I'm saying? Can't be ordering all that, but I be eating all that. You know what I'm saying? And so, so we, we, we had this amazing breakfast, and we're sitting there. We got the coffee, and, and, and the toast is flowing. And, and I said, Julia, Julia, when was the last time we did this? When was the last time we went out to breakfast? I, I feel like it's been a couple years since we, every once in a while, from time to time, we get to go out to breakfast. From time to time, you get to do certain things. I want to tell you, there are things that God will do in your life that he wants you to apply every day, and then there are other things that God asks you to do infrequently. It's not in the program. It's not set up for a once a week or a once a month or maybe even annually in your life. This is a from time to time, God will ask you to go forgive somebody. From time to time, God will ask you to repent. From time to time, God will call you to another level of faith and another level of obedience. I like this portion of Scripture because the first thing we see in Acts 4.30, it says that, 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 that the grace of God was working powerfully within them. Write down number one today. I love this. God's grace works within us. We do not serve the God that works outside in. We serve the God that works inside out. Behavior modification is a religious thing. Life transformation is a Jesus thing. And the grace of God was working powerfully within them. See, religion cleans the outside of the dish, but grace gets into the filthy McNasty of the dish. Grace gets into all the dirt and the crevices. Grace gets into the addiction. Grace gets into the unresolved stuff. Grace works on the inside, and the grace of God was working powerfully within them. I want to tell you today, if you didn't know this, God is working on your life. God works the day shift, the night shift, and the midnight shift. God doesn't even take a break. God is working on you 24-7. The grace, the grace, the love of Jesus is working in you. That's why the Bible says, for it is God, it is God. For it is God who is at work in us, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. God is working in you. That Greek word there is the Greek word energio. It's where we in the English language derive the word energize. God is energizing you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. God is kickstarting you. God is spurring you. God is talking to you. God is shaping you. God is saying there's more for you. I've got calling. I've got destiny. I've got anointing. I've got future. Anybody thankful today? God's working. God can only work at the rate and the level that you allow him to. That's why God's trying to work on some of us. We're like, oh, God. Oh, gee, oh, no. Oh, I just, I want to stay. I believe in Jesus, but you know, I'm not ready to sacrifice and surrender these areas of my life. No, grace, grace it, it, it is not the law that changes you. The Bible says the law was powerless. All it could do was point out how bad you were. Grace does not just point out your weaknesses, but gives you the power to overcome. For the grace of God was at work powerfully within them. 
I'm hoping that you get an understanding today that God is working on you. He loves you just the way you are. He just loves you way too much to leave you in the current condition that you're in. He knows the plans that he has for you. He's got destiny for you. He's got, you, 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 you do not have to come up with a plan for your own life. God already has a plan. And he is molding you and shaping you into the man or the woman of God that he has called you to become. He said, when you were in your mother's womb, I formed you. I knit you together. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. Jeremiah 1, he said, I appointed you before you ever stepped on this earth. God knows what he has for you. For the grace of God was working powerfully in them. For the grace of God is working powerfully in you. That's why some of you, you're bad at sinning. You're about to go sin. You're like, oh, God. I used to do this stuff, and I used to enjoy it, and it used to be so good, and now I can't, and just, how come I can't? Because the grace of God is working powerfully within you. And watch, watch what it says here in, in Romans 2, 4. L l listen to this. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? God's kindness is not meant for you to be abusive to his kindness. It's meant to get you right. It's meant to get you walking on the path that God has for you, living in the calling that he has for you, walking out the destiny, developing who that you're supposed to become so you can do what you're ultimately supposed to do. This is why his kindness is radiant in your life. So how does God work in your life? He doesn't do it by telling you how bad you are. It's not doom and gloom. It's not shame and guilt. It's not condemnation. It's not bad words. No, it's goodness. It's grace. It's faithfulness. It's mercy. It's love. It's compassion. It's his kind. Anybody thankful today that God is kind? Oh, I need you to understand today that the grace of God is working powerfully within you. This is the seed of God's grace. In other words, God doesn't just let you get saved and then just walk out on your own. No, God keeps watering that seed. No seed can grow without water. That's why God keeps sending you godly friendships. That's why God put you in a church. That's why God put you in a connect group. That's why God called you to serve. Why? Because he's watering the seed of grace. For the grace was working powerfully. Listen, the seed of grace in your life has to grow, but it can only grow if you leave into his word. They were living it out. They were, the grace was working powerfully. Why? Because they were, they were dedicated to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And when you start doing this life, God, the grace of God will work powerfully. For the grace of God was working powerfully within them, and I declare over your life that the grace of God is working powerfully today within you. His grace is talking to you today, showering you with forgiveness, showering you with love, telling you, no, no, no. Don't you believe those words that you're saying about yourself? I've got a bigger and a greater word. Don't you believe that you're defined by that season? You're defined by my love. Don't you believe that you're defined by that mistake? You made a mistake. You are not a mistake. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're the head and not the tail. You are more than a conqueror for the grace of God is working powerfully within us. And then one of the things that you'll notice that when the grace of God starts working powerfully within us is you just watch this in the book of Acts. All of their priorities got in order. Can you write down number two today? God starts to build priorities in us. And if God is first in your life, your whole life is in order. And if God is not first in your life, your whole life is out of order. God has to become first. 
God makes no apologies. In the Old Testament, he says, A, Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. Another word for that is idols. I am number one. I am numero uno. I am most importante. There's no other God in front of me. In the New Testament, Jesus said it this way. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will take care of itself. God, when you say yes to grace, starts building priorities in your life. Your priorities get in order. Why? Because God cannot bless chaos. You ever, walk, you ever walk into your own house and you look around and you're like, ah! The spirit of chaos has crushed my home. I knew I shouldn't have had kids. This is what I think often. I'm kidding. Julia, I'm kidding. Sometimes, but I repent. Anyways. The first thing God will deal with you is with your priorities. Because when your priorities aren't in order, God will be a preference, not a priority. When I prefer to go to church, when I prefer to give my tithe, when I prefer to pray, when I prefer to read my Bible, but when God is a priority, it's a non-negotiable. When it's a priority, it's like, no, I, I don't mess with that. God is, I live the God first life. God, God, God wants to build priorities. Can I ask you a question today? Are your priorities in order? Because if they are not, good news, the Holy Spirit will give you wisdom on how to put your life back in order. Yesterday, we, we do this often after we had pancakes, waffles, and French toast. We went back to our house and we made an October clean playlist on Spotify. And every kid gets to choose a song. And Julia chooses a song, I choose a song, and in those songs, we clean the house. And the kids don't realize this, but even after the songs end, we just put them on shuffle, and they keep playing, so they, they clean it a good hour. <laughs> so, five songs, guys. It's like, wait a second, I've heard this four times. <laughs> and, and we start getting our house back in order. We start cleaning room by room, or in Julia's case, pantry by pantry. I'm like, why did you pull everything out of the pantry? This is overwhelming. More chaos. Anyways, um, but God, if your life feels out of order, will give you the ability to put your priorities in place. That maybe God, on accident, not on purpose, on accident, God slid back to like fourth place. That's not your heart. That was not your intention. But show me where you spend your time and your money, and I'll show you your priorities. So where did God fall back into Line. God wants to bless you, but he cannot bless chaos. Jesus, when he feeds 5,000 men, women, and children, so the number actually was closer to like 50,000 than 5,000. When he performs a miracle, the first thing he does before he blesses, he says, I want everybody to get, sit them in groups, put all kinds of groups together, and then once the groups are set, then I'll break the fish and the bread and I'll feed 5,000. Notice that before God does any miracle, he always brings order. So your life has to be in order. Zoe Church has to be in order to experience and receive the blessing. Otherwise, listen, let me encourage you. If your life is not in order and God blesses you, it will only create more chaos. It's not the God we serve. God wants to bless you beyond your wildest dreams, but he wants you to be able to handle his blessing so you can even become a bigger blessing. Amen to that? Then so God starts to build priorities into your life. So I'm asking you the question, is God the first priority in your life? And how can I tell? What's a, what's a litmus test? What's an a, what's a indication that my priorities are in line or not? One of my favorite scriptures and favorite stories 
in the Old Testament is from a prophet named Haggai. God speaks to this prophet named Haggai and says, go tell the church that their priorities are not in order. And they are now prioritizing their own home over my home. Go talk to them and tell them they've got their priorities out of whack. Watch what he says, Haggai chapter 1. Watch what the prophet says to the church. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. Now go up to the hills, bring down timber, and rebuild my house. Then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You hope for a rich harvest, but they were poor. And when you brought your harvest home, I blew it away. Why? Because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord of heaven armies, while all of you are busy building your own fine houses. You hear what God's saying? The spirit of what God's saying is, your house is more important than my house, and that's not the way the kingdom works. My house is more important than your house. Another way we could say that is putting a priority on God's house will bring a blessing to your house. But it's the priority that God comes before me. I, I, I tell my little nuggets all the time. I got, through, you know, my, we have four children. Our oldest daughter has special needs. And so my three boys, when I tell stories about my three boys, it's because they can communicate with me. So I'll say to my three boys, who, 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 who loves you the most? They say, you. So that's right. I love you the most. Who's your best friend? Dad, my best friend. That's right. Who does dad love the most? Who does dad love the most? God. That's right. Who's second place? Queen. And who's third place? Me. That's right. You got bronze. It's, it's, you still got a medal. You're just not number one. You're not gold. You're not first. You're a winner, but you're not the winner. I'm teaching my boys, you are not my world. You are not my priority. God is my priority. Your mother is my second priority. And you get leftovers, son. You get leftovers. If I happen to acknowledge you in the home, just be blessed by my acknowledgement. But you're not my priority. God is my priority. What God is saying here is get your priorities in order. When God is first, it's the God first life. When you live God is first, all of a sudden what you start to do is you start to say, God, my time is yours, my talent is yours, and my treasure is yours. When God is first, God can talk to you about your resources. When God is not first, you're like, hold on, why are you in fifth place? Why are you trying to talk to me? When God is first place, God talks to you about time, treasure, talent. Uh, years ago, I went to this church to preach, and the pastor was kind of touring me through his building. And he opened up this one door, and he's like, you know, this is our volunteer room. To get in this room, <laughs> I love pastors, to get in this room, you got to be triple T tested. I was like, this feels like a WWE commercial. <laughs> you got you to gotta, you gotta give God your time, treasure, talent. I was like, oh, we are the worst, aren't we? We're just the worst. I, 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 it was funny, but I like what he was saying is, is when God is first, it's easy to go, Lord, my time is your time. My, my, my talent is from you. How do I give you back my talent? And my treasure, are you kidding me? You, everything I have is from your good hand, and I wouldn't have a job or a place to live or clothes on my back without your faithfulness. So, Lord, let me just let, let me remind you who you are to me. You're number one. And then what God will do, write down number three, God will create purity in your life. So grace works in you so that you can get your priorities straight. And then grace continues to work so you can get your purity straight. 
God, God wants you to have a pure heart. That's why the Bible teaches us, who may ascend under the hill of the Lord, those who have clean hands and a pure heart, and those who hate the Clippers but love the Lakers. It's just very biblical, and you get it. Keep reading. Anyways, God loves a pure heart, a pure offering, and a pure gift. God does not take delight in posturing. He takes delight in purity. There are those that posture like they are generous, but in the end, they are only trying to get noticed in their generosity. They are giving with a string attached. They are giving so others may know. And Jesus said anybody that lets their right hand know what their left hand is doing, their reward is with their audience. But when you give in secret, and it's just between me and you, I will bless that beyond your wildest imagination. What you did in private, I will then reward in public. Oh, I love what Jesus teaches us. And watch here. Watch this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not rely reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So you, did you understand what God just said? He does not take delight in amount. He takes delight in heart. Because to God, it's never about dollars or cents. To God, it's always about heart. There's this amazing story. You can go read it. Acts chapter 5, the next book of the Bible. There's this couple in the Bible named Ananias and Sapphira. Amazing names. I just got to be honest. Amazing names. And they sell. They go to Zillow. It's time for the big offering. They go to Zillow. They give. They, they, they sell it. They make, let's say, 23% on the sale. And the only reason why we know that is because they posted it on their Instagram story. And it wasn't the close friends. Everybody saw it. So we know they made 23%. So they sell the property and they come, the husband comes to church and gives an offering to God off the sale, off the, from time to time we do this. And so he gave the offering and the church leaders are like, hey, you didn't post that to close friends. You posted it to everybody. We know you made 23%. This is not 23%. And so he lies to the church and the church leaders are like, Dude, you did not lie to us, you lied to God. And so, and so his wife comes in from, from wherever she's at, and she tries to tell the same story. And the church leader's are like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. You, you're trying to posture like you're generous. But God does not care about posturing. He cares about purity. I want to tell you today that your giving and your living is between you and Jesus. Your offerings and your lifestyle are between you and God, not between you and man. You cannot give to impress man. You cannot give an offering so that others will notice you. We give because God first gave to us. We give because grace is at work in us. And when you do that, I'm telling you, you get swept up into the we thing, not the me thing. I'm telling you, giving will get rid of pride. It will get rid of ego. It will get rid of narcissism. And the way that God set it up, watch. When you give, it's not that one wins and we lose. God set it up. I love this in Acts 21. But, but, Paul, he, he, he says, remember when I was with you, I, I didn't tax you. I didn't want to be a burden to you. So I was a tent maker. He had a side job, a side hustle. And he said, I didn't want to be a burden to you because I know, and he quotes Jesus, it's, you are more blessed to give than receive. In other words, when we give, who's blessed? The recipient or the giver? We're both blessed. God creates a win win scenario when you and I get caught up in the lifestyle of generosity. It is grace that is at work in us to get our priorities straight so we can get a pure gift to God. And God say, Lord, Lord, we give to God, Lord, here is my time. Here is my talent. Here is my treasure. Here is my life. This is not posturing. Lord, I love you. I want to serve you. I want to follow you. 
I'm believing over your life today that you will experience grace in such a powerful and profound way that you won't give because you have to. You'll give to God because you want to. Not under compulsion or reluctantly, for God loves a cheerful giver. Someone that gives and goes, how could I not give to you? You rescued me from darkness. I was dead and now I'm alive. Listen to this quote. It's really powerful, I think. We'll end with this today, C.T. Studd. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. We only have one life to live. There are no redos, no second chances. We're not going to get a mulligan on life. This is the one we're living. And the only thing that will last forever is what we do for Jesus. And I'm praying that you not only live the Acts 2.42 life, but from time to time, you obey the call of God to say, Lord, I'm giving you an offering between me and you that is worthy of my King, that is worthy of the very best. And I'm not going to do this every week. I can't, I wouldn't be able to survive if I did that every week. But Lord, from time to time, I want to remind you that money is not my God. You are my God. I want to remind my soul and my spirit and my friends and my family. And I want to remind that spirit of mammon, I am not a slave to money. I am a slave to God. My priorities are in order. And I do not live for what I can get. I've been saved. I live for what I can give. And I do not live for my name. I live for the glory of his name. When you get caught up in that, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, this is the, the only way you can get here is if you allow the grace of God to work powerfully within you. The grace of God to work powerfully within you, it will give you priority, it will give you purity, and then you, you, you'll just you'll bring your life. Can I be honest with you? God is not looking for dollars and cents. God is wanting you. You are his affection. You are his desire. He wants all of you. He wants every portion of you. He wants even the bad parts of you, even the broken parts of you, even the parts that you don't like about you. God wants them. God wants every part of you. And he knows that if he can get to your heart, if he can get to your mind, if he can get to your strength, if he can get to your spirit, he can do a mighty work in you. And you'll never be the same when grace gets a hold of your life. Is there anybody thankful today that from time to time God speaks in a crazy way? So I'm going to invite the host to come forward. The hosts are going to come forward, and we're going to, we're going to pass the buckets. Usually when we pass a bucket, we would ask you to put something in it, but today we're going to ask you to take something from it. And we have put these stickers together, and on the sticker there's a QR code. If you'd like, during this song, you can take a photo of the, of the QR code and give right there. And I think that we should all give something today. I think we should all participate. To me, my faith is not how much we bring in to the offering. My faith is that we all participate in the offering. That we all say, you know what? My heart is with God's house. My heart is with God's people. And so we're gonna pray in just a moment. We're gonna ask God to speak to us. And I believe whenever it comes to offerings, God always gives me a number. I'm praying that God will give you a number to give. But it's not about the amount it's about my, your heart saying, Lord, I live to serve you and I live to follow you. Amen. So why don't we stand to our feet? Let's stand to our feet.
We're going to sing out this song as we, as we give. You can take a photo of that QR code during the song, but let's build our faith today. Let's allow God to do something great in us and allow God to do something great through us. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you more than life itself.